It's everyone's worst nightmare, fire. And the USA has the second highest fire death rate in the industrialized world. So what can you do to prevent house fires? Well, to keep your family safe, read Fight Fires at Home with these tips. When you hit moneypit.com, just click on Ideas and Tips, then click Repair and Improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair question, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Call us with your home improvement questions. Call us with your do-it-yourself dilemmas. We are all trust and no fuss. So pick up the phone and let's get to work. Coming up this hour, we've got lots of house fires that are out there caused by lint buildup. You know, it's in the clothes dryers. We're going to tell you how to keep your dryer running cleanly and efficiently and safely. And listen, folks, we know if you're not emptying emptying your lint thing in the dryer, you know how we know? And I'm telling this to my husband, who's probably listening to the show, because when I pull it out, I see blue on one side and white on the other, which means you didn't empty the lint screen between (laughs) loads. I'm like, it's double-sided. I'm on to you. So make sure you enter them. And on the lines of clothing, are your closets one size fit all where your clothes aren't? So obviously your closet shouldn't be. Find out how you can customize your closet rod so that anyone of any age, any height, any ability can reach everything. And if winter is cold where you live, a fireplace or wood stove can be a great way to keep warm and to shave a few bucks off your home heating bills. We're going to talk to an expert this hour about how to choose the right fireplace or wood stove that's right for you. And we're going to find out about some alternative fireplace and wood stove fuels. You know, there are more things than wood that burn well in wood stoves, and some of them burn cleanly and efficiently. We're going to find out about that coming up. All right, and one lucky caller we choose this hour is going to win a great prize. That's the Eureka Uno Upright Vacuum. It's $130 in value, so call us right now with your home repair or your home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Terry out in North Dakota listens on KNDC. What can we do for you today? Well, hi. Uh, we have a home that was built in the 70s, and we replaced all the windows in the house. And since we did that, in the wintertime, we have a lot of condensation comes through the window. Well, not comes through the window, but build up inside the house. Okay. Where it actually puddles. Wow. And I'm wondering whether we just sealed the house up too tight. Hmm. Uh, could be. Um, if you have good quality windows, you replaced all these windows, and that's when you started having the problems? Because I would have thought you would have had it before you Beforehand. replaced them as well. Before they were drafty. Now they're not drafty. They're and you didn't drafty. replace them with single-pane aluminum frame windows? No, they're replacing <laughs> uh, they're vinyl replacement windows. Thermal-pane windows? Yes. Hmm. Geez, I wonder if these if these windows are having a problem if the the glass is not insulated properly because the the reason you have condensation is because you have warm moist air inside the house and you have a cold window. And if the glass is insulated properly, if it's low E glass and has a proper insulating glass, I'm presuming it's double pane glass, then that that glass on the inside is going to be warmer than the glass on the outside so that when the warm moist air inside the house strikes it it doesn't condense. 
So my first concern is whether or not there's anything wrong with the glass in these windows. The second thing would be just to give you some general moisture management advice, Terry, and that would be steps to reduce the overall humidity inside the house. For example, make sure your bathrooms and your kitchens are vented outside. Make sure you have gutters and grating that's sloped away from the house and the gutters are draining water away from the house so that you really want to look at the moisture management issues like that to, to reduce the overall vapor pressure inside the house. What about a whole house dehumidifier? Well, yeah, a whole house dehumidifier would be fine as well, but generally you don't use those in the wintertime, which is when this apparently is happening. Right. Uh, yeah. You must have hellacious moisture humidity problems in the summer, and a whole house dehumidifier would be great for that. Um, April Air makes a really good one that takes out, I think, 90 pints of water a day. Um, out of the moisture inside the house. So that's another option for you. And that would be permanently installed into your HVAC system, Terry. Is there any way to test to see if the windows aren't insulated properly? Were, were these um, name brand windows or, you know, or were they sort of from a local window contractor? What's the story on these windows? They are a name brand window. Hmm. Well, then I would suggest uh, that you call the manufacturer and see if they can get a service tech out there to check the glass. Yep. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Now we're going to talk flooring with Elizabeth in Minnesota. What can we do for you? Hi. I just want to find out um, my floor. I've got a laminated floor in my um, um, family room, which is like on a ground level. I don't know. Before I had a um, leakage uh, window that the water does come in, and uh, we have got a barrier. It's a vapor barrier underneath, underneath the laminated floor, but it swells up. And I don't know how to do the correction for that one. How do I get rid of it? Um, well, you know, I think what's happening here, Elizabeth, laminate floor does not swell by itself. Um, I've seen laminate floor, you know, immersed in water, and it doesn't swell by itself. So what's probably happening is the water got under the floor, and the flooring is swelled. So basically you have a structural issue where the floor is actually swelled up above it. Now, the only way to fix this is basically to take apart the laminate floor and get to the uh, subfloor that's damaged here and correct that, and then reinstall the laminate floor. It's going to be a tricky job. Um, if you, I, I wouldn't even tackle it unless you had extra flooring material available because you're going to end up probably destroying some in the process. Right, so I've got to remove everything. I think probably if you're seeing a buckle, you're probably seeing wood that's damaged underneath. The subfloor is probably swollen because laminate floor by itself will not swell. Okay, because I've got a um, vapor barrier. The vapor barrier is not going to protect water that's coming through with a major leak getting into the subfloor. The vapor barrier is really an underlayment under the laminate that helps it go down and lay evenly. But the vapor barrier is not going to stop leaks. And, and I think what's happening is the water got under there and it's got swollen and that's why the floor is deformed. Elizabeth, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. On our way to Alaska now, where Ron listens on KENI, and it seems like you've got yourself a real money pit. What's going on over there, Ron? <laughs> well, I feel kind of foolish. I uh, purchased a repossessed home back in January of this year, and it was, uh, you know, kind of as is. The place had really been vandal not vandalized, but mistaken care of. The carpets were gone. The place was just a mess. Um, and anyhow, but that was fine. I bought it as is. But uh, the further we went along from when I signed the purchase agreement, it was about a 10-week period in there before we closed, and the vandalism continued, and oh, no. so the damages continued. I guess I was curious to know is 
uh, should uh, st- still be responsible for that until the actual date of closing. Well, yeah, but if uh, have you closed yet? Uh, yes, we did. This was last January. Well, it's a little bit late right now. I mean, absolutely, because you enter into a contract based on your perception and your understanding of the condition of the house and the date you signed the contract. If things change between the date you signed the contract and the date you close, then you certainly should be entitled to renegotiate that contract. But now you've got a problem of uh, trying to establish the history as to when vandalism occurred and things of this nature, and and trying to pursue a claim against the government right now after this thing is closed. I just see this as a real bee's nest. You know, you might be able to get some different advice from an attorney, but uh, it just seems like a real difficult situation. Have you assessed its condition? Do you have a game plan for for attacking this house and getting it back in shape? Uh, what I've done is since January, I've completely remodeled the home. And, I mean, it's, it's a great house. And I'm very pleased with the outcome. It's just the added expenses. The, what I did have for, um, because they had it with the management company, there was a written record of each time the home had been broken into and the damages that had occurred. And is that still occurring now? Um, no, this was before I purchased it. Yeah, but Ron, i got to ask you, why are you bringing it up now? Why didn't you bring it up at the time of closing? I did. I had brought it up at the t- before closing. The thing that happened was is because it had taken so long to get the home uh, sale finalized because of the condition of the home, um, I had still had this in question even at the time of closing. But I had been kind of reassured that the problems would be taken care of. Yeah, but with Who H- made that assurance? The HUD agency and their management company. But you know what, Ron, when you buy a HUD home, generally these are urban areas that are being redeveloped, so you're almost like a pioneer in your own right because you're moving into a neighborhood that's generally different, and you're going to find a lot of changes, and you're going to find a lot of vandalism potential, so it's almost like buyer beware a little bit. Ron, unless they've uh, made written assurances to you at the time of closing that there's going to be some action that they were going to take, then maybe you got a claim. If not, I'm afraid you're going to have to just enjoy that house the way it is. Ron, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. You know, you're buying these HUD homes in hopes, you know, not guaranteed that this neighborhood is going to improve. And it might not improve over a year. It might take five years, ten years. So you're sort of investing in the future. You know what We you know what I think happened? I think he overspent on the improvement. And now he needs to find a way to get some of the money back. Well, yeah, because if you overbuilt for that neighborhood and you're the only person that's moved in and improved, you're just wasting your money because exactly. no one's going to pay a ton of bucks for yep. a bad neighborhood. Yeah. Next time, if anything happens to a house, folks, before... You close on it. That's the time to deal with it. After you close, it's a whole new ball game. All right, everybody out there in Money Pit Land, you know it. You can call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even if you just want to know what new power tool to get somebody for their holiday list. We'll help you out. Just call us at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, spending just a few seconds cleaning your dryer lint trap not only saves energy, but could also save lives. Find out the easy way to get that job done after this. 888-MONEY-PIT. When we've got a problem, the last thing we need is another problem. So when we've got a drain problem, I call Roto-Rooter. First, the Roto-Rooter guy shows up on time. I like that. Next, he takes a look at the problem and tells me how much it's going to cost. No surprises. you got to like that. Finally, when he's done, it's gone. The problem is gone. Guaranteed. That's how I like it. I make a call, the problem goes away. Too bad Roto-Rooter doesn't fix cars. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name, and away go trouble down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Table saw. 18 volt drill driver. 8 piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With Ryobi, you can actually afford them. 
Ryobi Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. Ryobi, exclusively at the Home Depot. I want to keep my home for as long as I can because there are a lot of memories here. I read a little bit about making my house more comfortable and wanted to make my mom's house safer, too. AARP told me about making mom's bedroom door wider and taping down her floor rugs. And I added handrails to our staircases. It was all simple and inexpensive thanks to AARP's tips. Now our homes fit our lifestyles and are ready for years to come. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash universal home. Is dryness a problem in your home? Especially in winter months, dry air can make skin itchy. Make your throat and nose dry. I can't talk! And don't forget about static shock. It also causes walls, hardwood floors, and home furnishings to become dry and cracked. Put an end to dry air problems with an April Air Automatic Humidifier, the best cure for indoor air dryness. Never too dry, never too moist. Just the optimum amount of humidity based on outdoor temperatures. Protect your health, your comfort, and your furnishings by putting an end to dry air with whole home humidification from April Air. Now doesn't that feel better? (sighs) April Air. Fresh ideas for indoor air. of the Money Pit is brought to you by Dense Armor Plus, the revolutionary paperless drywall from Georgia Pacific. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. one money pit So we were talking about uh, dirty lint. And uh, Leslie, you had experience with this. Your uh, your dryer coughed up uh, a lint ball once <laughs> It wasn't once or even twice. my dryer. It was my house. Your house coughed it up. <gasps> when we first moved in, you know, I understand emptying the lint trap. that only right. does so much. But, you know, I never realized you could clean the entire system. And I pulled up in the driveway and it was like tumble lint rolling across the driveway. <laughs> and it happened more than once and then i called my good buddy tom who of course knew exactly what to do and we got the tool out to do that you know it's important to keep the uh, the dryer vent clean folks because by virtue of how the dryer works it does spit a lot of lint through that pipe and if it's not cleaned regularly it does get blocked up and that means it's going to take longer for your clothes to drive so the least that's going to happen is it has to run longer to do the same job and that's going to cost you some money but uh, just as important, perhaps even more important, it can cause a fire. And so you want to be very careful to keep the lint out of the vent. The way you can do that is uh, with a tool that's designed to clean uh, dryer vents. It's called a lint eater. I have one, and I think Leslie has one now. And it works very well. It sort of spins out on a fiberglass rod and allows you to run through the entire vent and clean it out. It's very inexpensive. And it's really fun, and it's making me wonder how often I'm allowed to do it. I did it uh, about uh, six months later and found, thankfully, not as much lint, but it was still effective at, at pulling a lot out. So I think about twice a year works. But I tell you what, the first time I used this tool, it was like raining lint in my yard. <laughs> it pulled so much out of there, it was embarrassing. And so it really got me thinking about it. Then I did a little research and found out how many how many fires are caused in the country on because of lint, and it really is a problem. So something that definitely is to keep in mind. So if you want more information on that tool, you can log on to our website at moneypit.com. Yeah, and we're going to have more tips to help you keep your dryer safe 
in our next issue of our e-newsletter, including special drying instructions for clothes that have been soiled with a volatile chemical, you know, like a cleaning agent or a paint or a stain. Plus, you're going to find out when to call a pro in to keep your dryer running safely and efficiently. And that's all on our next free Money Pit e-newsletter. If you want to subscribe, hit moneypit.com. It's all there. One eight 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 Money Pit. We've got lines open right now, so call in your home improvement or home repair question. Not only will we solve your do-it-yourself dilemma, but you could also win a great prize. One caller we choose this hour is going to win the Eureka Uno. It's an upright vacuum that tackles all surfaces of the home. So if you want to win it, it's worth one hundred and thirty bucks. Call us right now. Eight 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 Money Pit. Leslie, who's next? John in Maryland. You're listening to the Money Pit on WJFK. What can we do for you in your house? Hi. Um, well, we have. Um the basement room we would like to turn into a bedroom, but we understand one of the requirements is that we must have an egress window in there, which currently all we have are these skinny little uh, you know, windows that are up very high from the floor. So our problem is we haven't been able to find a source for windows that would be the, the same width, which is 29 and a half inches, and whatever the minimum height would be to meet the requirement, which we think would be about 43 inches. We'd like something that would be you know, inward opening and, and yet um, allow you to you know, escape. The ones I've seen are double hung windows and then the well itself is retrofitted or pre-made as an egress system. I know there's one company, Wellcraft, and they offer one that almost looks like a climbing out system. And I've even seen another one that looked like stacked up cinder blocks, but it was you know, pre-made so that when you open that window, you have a step to climb out. Yeah, you, what you're going to have to do is um, basically cut open that wall and reframe that block wall to be wide enough to take the new window. And you're going to need a specially designed window well for that. So Wellcraft is one. There's another one called Scape Well. And they're basically designed for this very purpose. They, they give you the um, device that you need to hold the soil back so that you can install a properly sized window. And they're very deep. And they're structured so that they have almost like a step effect. So you can even put some plants on the steps so you see a little bit of green out of that bedroom window. Mm-hmm. And it helps to open more light up into that basement room as well. So you're not only giving safety, but you're giving actually the presence of outside to something that's underground. Yeah, not too long ago, Leslie and I were in Madison, Wisconsin, building a Habitat for Humanity house, and they actually had one of those installed there. Yeah, because they had two bedrooms below grade, so both of those bedrooms had these egress windows. Another company is Bowman Kemp. Um, So those are three resources you could just start searching around online and find out vendors in your area. All right, John, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. All right, JC in Louisiana, what can we do for you today? Yes, ma'am, I've got a question about how to control spider problem I have having in my workplace, and... uh... We're right on the edge of a lake, and spiders are just terrible. We usually sweep up five or ten gallon buckets full of spider webs every night. Oh no! Whoa! They are, they're taking the world over down well, there. Well, you know what's a good sort of natural home remedy to keep spider webs from forming is actually coconut oil. I know it sounds kind of weird, but if you can get coconut oil and dilute it a little bit with water and put it in a spray bottle and put it in the eaves and in the nooks and crannies all around the house, they can't stick to it, so they're not going to make a web there. And JC, let me just suggest that um, considering how many spiders that you guys have there, it might be good to have a professional come in because the the pesticides that are worked that are available today are actually very, very effective because they're designed specifically to treat only the insect that's the pest and not all the other beneficial insects that might be around it. So in this case, it might be a good idea to have a pro come in and spray it once because if they're really getting out of control, it may not be something that you can uh, handle with just some basic uh, maintenance or perhaps using some of Mother Nature's formulas like the uh, coconut oil that Leslie suggested. I mean, I'm sure it's going to work, Leslie, but uh, I think when they're that thick, that a pro (laughs) may be the best option. Manuel in Hawaii, what are you working on at your house? I'm working on fixing my windows. Okay. See, this is my problem. 
I want to replace my Jealousy hardware. Okay. And uh, I can get the new replacement one. However, the glass will not fit in the new hardware because it's just a little bit about uh, one-eighth or so too long. Hmm. And the, and the glass is probably hardened, so you can't cut it. It's not the tempered glass. It's the old-fashioned glass. Okay. You know, because I've cut it before. All right. Well, if you can cut it before, then you should be able to cut it. What happens if you score it, and then if you grab the ends, and there's a tool that um, is is wide, and it's kind of like a, a very wide-jawed plier, but it's not a plier, and I don't know exactly what it's called, but you can grab it and score it and break off just a little bit of glass. It's like a nibbler. Well, I took it to the professionals to have it uh, trimmed, and they told me, forget it, throw it away. And they want to sell you a new glass? Well, they just told me that it, it won't work because if they did it, it was going to break anyway. Oh, well, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe maybe they're right. I mean, it might just be easier also to get something that's tempered. Well, how can I get hardware like the old one? Jealousy windows is generally not something that you want to save because they're so leaky and drafty. Yeah, but in a climate like Hawaii, it's almost ideal because you want that cross breeze. So every home has it. That is wonderful, dear. I'm glad you said that. Well, we have friends who live in um, on the other side of Diamond Head in Oahu, and all their windows are jealousy, and it just gets this beautiful breezeway. They never use air conditioning. The beautiful trade winds come through here. Mm, that's probably why you were able to find the replacement hardware, because there's a demand there. You know, it might just be worth it to pick up a new piece of glass, get tempered glass, because if you guys ever have an earthquake condition again, you don't want to worry about that glass breaking. Gary in Connecticut, what's happening at your house? Well, basically, the situation is uh, I've got a, it seems like a small leak. Uh, I notice a brown spot. I have a, um, a gabled roof, and I'm just curious: is there, is there any way you can determine where the water is coming from? Where are you seeing the brown spot? It's at the very bottom, where the slanted ceiling actually meets the top of the wall. So, you seeing this inside your house? Yes, I am. Is there any bathrooms or any other type of of an obstruction that goes through the wall in this area? A chimney, a plumbing vent pipe, or something of that nature? Uh, nothing like that, but it is an extension on the house, so the rest of the house is higher. This comes out as an extension, and the roof is lower than the rest of the house. Because generally, roofs are going to leak at intersection points or where things come through the roof. Now, a good way to test this, are you sure this is an active, this is active right now? Well, no, no, not, it, it, it's, it, it was, it, it's occurred, and then it's gone away. It only happened once or twice. All right, well, here's what I think you should do. Take that spot and paint it with a primer. I want you to use a Kills oil-based primer because that's going to seal in that there's a chemical reaction that occurs sometimes with sealing paint or regular latex paint and uh, the stain that's left behind by a leak. And it will, what it will look like is you're painting it over, and then it will seem like it comes through. So I want you to paint that spot over with primer first. And then, you know, repaint it with your top coat and keep an eye on it. If you're convinced that it's still an active leak, and we're in the leak diagnosis stage of this, then what you should do is you should get a garden hose, and you should start low on the roof and flood that roof with water, and then work your way up to see if you can figure out where it's leaking. I can, I can suggest to you that it's probably most likely at an intersection point, like where the roof cuts into the old part of the house. I mean, it could be as simple as just needing to revamp your flashing over there. Gary, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, a fireplace or a wood-burning stove can be a great way to keep warm this winter, and it actually can shave a few bucks off your home heating bills. Up next, find out how to update your fireplace or wood stove with one that will give you better heat and increased efficiency. You live in a money pit. Money pit. AARP is proud to sponsor the Money Pit. Visit www.aarp.org slash universal home 
to learn more about making your home more functional and comfortable for years to come. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by at one 888 888-666-3974. You got a question about your home improvement project? You got a do-it-yourself dilemma? You don't know where to start? Call us right now. 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Well, the chill is upon us, Leslie. I know it. Can you believe it? It's already here. Winter is just around the corner, and now is the time to make sure the gaps around your windows and doors are sealed, your attic insulation is up to snuff, and that you're being very smart about the way that you heat your home. You know, a fireplace or a wood stove can be a great way to keep warm this winter and shave a few bucks off your heating bills as well. Yeah, that's right. And here to tell us about the latest trends in fireplaces and wood stoves is Kurt Rumens, who is the president and founder of one of the largest wood, pellet, and gas stove companies in America. Welcome, Kurt. Good afternoon. Hi there. So, Kurt, tell us. I have a friend who has a pellet stove at one of their vacation homes in uh, Cape Cod, and I've never heard of a pellet stove until recently. Can you tell us a little bit about what a pellet stove is and why it might be beneficial to have one? Well, we've been making pellet stoves for about 10 years, and it's a product that burns a compressed uh, sawdust. Now, you have a hopper with a fuel in it, and an auger um, brings that fuel to a burn pot, and so it's an, it's an automated way to, to have a fire. And you're using a product that normally is, uh, goes into landfills as waste, so a lot of people are interested in pellet stoves because there's an environmental edge here that's uh, very very attractive. You're using something that was normally thrown away and now using it to heat your home. And is that your primary heating system? Well, the pellet stoves we make uh, can heat up to 2,000 square feet, depending on what part of the country you're in. And uh, it's usually a freestanding stove or an insert. And uh, like I said, they've got a hopper you fill with fuel, and usually that goes for two, two and a half days without tending. That's really interesting. How difficult is it to find the fuel, the pellets themselves? Because I know sometimes we get calls from folks who are interested in pellet stoves and they're having a hard time finding the right resources for the fuel or the right type of pellets. Does it definitely matter which pellets go on which stove or is it one and the same? Well, the uh, pellet manufacturers um, build to a premium pellet standard. And so that's, there is, uh, there is much... a pellet standard that's consistent across the country? Yeah, they try to. And um, last year there was a problem of getting pellets. There was such a demand uh, fuel prices spiked so high that people were, were looking for pellet stoves and, and, and using this product quite, uh, quite heavily throughout the United States, and there was a shortage last year. All the manufacturers of the fuel have geared up and put in huge inventories this year, so we don't expect any shortages. Uh, so you should be able to meet the demand. Yeah. Yeah, plus it looks like uh, natural gas, for example, is going to be less expensive this year, so perhaps it gives everyone a chance uh, to catch up. Speaking of natural gas, Kurt, I know that natural gas uh, fireplaces are um, a big trend these days. They have come vented, unvented. Um, What can you tell us about those? And in particular, I'd like to get your take on the unvented models. I've seen them in the years. I spent 20 years as a home inspector, and and, and including some of the early unvented models. I wasn't all that comfortable with them. Is there any reason for consumers to be concerned about using an unvented fireplace today? Well, uh, we're one of the larger fireplace companies in America, and we do not produce, we do not manufacture an unvented product. So you're, you, have, you equally have some, some issues or some concerns about... Yeah, uh, about everything it. we make is what's called a direct vented system. We're yeah. bringing out, outside air into the home for combustion and then venting through a pipe all your combustion byproducts outside of the home. 
And so uh, indoor air pollution or indoor air quality is, is a primary concern of ours, so we do not make an unvented product. Well, because not only do you have the issues of carbon monoxide, but yeah. you also have all the, you know, combustion gas is 80% water vapor, so you have all the moisture that you're so putting in the house. So how could you not vent? Do they recommend then to keep a window cracked open so you don't poison yourselves? Well, I think the concept is that if the if the burner is small enough that you don't have to vent it. For example, your gas range is not vented to the right. outside when you use your burners. Um, but I guess anytime I had an opportunity to uh, to recommend a fireplace, I'd always, always, always recommend vented because it just doesn't seem to make sense to put that gas in the house, even though, uh, you know, some experts will say that it's safe. I, I know that, for example, and Kirk, maybe you can uh, correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I think in Canada you're not allowed to have an unvented unit. That's correct. And there's there's uh, municipalities around the country that have also outlawed them. And it's just it's one of those things that didn't make a lot of sense to us. Uh, if you use it intermittently, and maybe it's a small fire, it could be okay, like your cooking range. But typically, people love fires. They get them turned on. They just love sitting in front of that fire. So I think it, it eclipses the intended use. I think people using those things constantly puts, as you said, uh, a lot of moisture in the home, and you get other other problems with the home environment with a lot of moisture in it. We're talking to Kurt Rumens. He's the founder and president of the largest wood pellet and gas stove company in America. So, Kurt, when you're using natural gas, is there a way to get sort of the same ambiance of the crackling wood fire with a gas fuel? Absolutely. Uh, we developed a product uh, about four years ago called the Ember Fire Burner, and uh, one of the editors from Popular Science magazine could not distinguish that between a wood-burning fireplace or a gas-burning fireplace really? at, a, at a demonstration. Huh. Really? Does it look like an actual burning log? Because some of those inserts really just look phony. Oh, I know. Um, this particular technology, the, the logs are cast off of real logs. The embers glow, and they, it's an intermittent glow, so you've got this glowing ember base, and you've got this beautiful uh, yellow flame that wraps around the logs that you really can't tell it's not a wood fire. Well, that sounds really nice. You know, Tom and I also get a lot of calls about people interested in burning corn as a heat source. What do you all feel about corn? as? A, and, you know, it's good because it's a renewable resource, but how efficient is it? Oh, there's, there's many appliances out today that uh, are burning corn. All of our pellet stoves burn a, a 50% corn and uh, pellet mix. Uh, corn's a little different. You need a, a, a very um, specific type of appliance to burn corn only. So we've... Um, enabled our particular products, the pellet stoves we make, to burn a mixture of uh, pellet and corn. Is there a different burner or different orifice or something of that nature when you're burning different fuels, the same as what you might have in, uh, say, an oil burner? Yeah, corn itself has got a lot of sugar in it, and so it tends to create a, a lot more ash than a wood pellet. Right. And so you need to have a different type of uh, burner to uh, handle all that ash. Do you need the same uh, clearances that you uh, traditionally did with a regular wood stove uh, when you're using a pellet stove or a gas stove, Kurt? Do you still have to have the same you know, number of feet uh, or space between the unit and, say, a combustible surface? Yeah, that's real important that uh, one pays attention to the manufacturer's uh, recommendations. Th those aren't arbitrary. They're not guessed at. Uh, those are very specific clearances, and it does vary from brand to brand of, of stoves. So that, that would cover wood stoves or gas stoves or pellet stoves. Terrific. Well, this has been very instructive. Kurt, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to us. Some great information. So is your closet a one-size-fits-all affair? If so, it probably doesn't work well for everyone in your family. Well, the experts at AARP say if you can make some small modifications now, it's going to help you carry through all of life phases in your home. And that's next. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools let you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. 
Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools. And you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. The walls in your home hold memories, hopes, dreams, and quite possibly, mold. You see, traditional drywall has paper on both sides, which combined with moisture can allow conditions that cause mold. That's why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor from Georgia Pacific. Unlike conventional paper-faced drywall, Dens Armor has glass mat facings on both sides. And no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you eliminate the paper, you reduce the chances for mold. If you're building or remodeling, stop feeding mold by using Dens Armor. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer. So AARP has a series of tips for homeowners who want to improve their homes, make them safer and more comfortable. And I found these tips on their website, aarp.org slash universal home. In the bathroom alone, I widened the door, installed brighter light bulbs, and put non-slip surfacing on the floor tiles. Instead of wishing my house had improvements, I'm making them. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash universal home. If your house could talk, it would probably tell you to call Roto-Rooter to take care of your plumbing and drain problems. Your home's plumbing system is worth about 8% of your home's value, so address small problems before they become big ones. Call the pros at Roto-Rooter for jobs, big or small, day or night, planned or even those emergencies. You'll get quality, on-time service from friendly, caring people. For local service, call Roto-Rooter at 800-942-ROTO or schedule online at rotorooter.com. Not all services available at all offices. Hello, this is Gary Sinise. The men and women in our military are on the front lines defending our freedom. They are working very hard to bring stability to some very dangerous places and to help make this a much safer world for all of us. But we can't take our heroes for granted. Americans everywhere are joining together to send an important message to those who proudly serve. For your service and sacrifice, your patriotism and devotion, America supports you. Visit americasupportsyou.mil and thank the troops for your freedom. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. All right, speaking of closet organization, if the rods in your closet are a standard five and a half feet off the floor, they're probably not working very well for everyone in your family. Clothing rods can be anywhere between 20 and 44 inches above the floor. It's why not? It should suit the people who are using the space. And AARP has a great tip for creating a closet rod that everyone in your family can reach. You can add on an extension rod, and this extension rod hooks onto the closet rod that you already have hanging in there, and it hangs lower. So this is really great 
great for kids and you can remove it when they get taller. You can adjust it. It really is a great idea to help out with that storage solution. And for a more permanent solution, you can buy a pull down or swing down rod. You can install this rod at the same height as the rod you have now, but then it pulls down with a cord or the touch of a button. Your clothes sort of swing down to your level. And if you want even more hanging space, you can use the pull down rod along with a regular rod. Install the regular rod at a lower height and you can use the lower rod when the pull down rod is in the up position. So there are lots of ways to reorganize a closet to make it very easy to access it no matter what height you happen to be. All right. Well, if you like that and you want some more info, you can go to aarp.org slash universal home. That website again is aarp.org slash universal home. And if you liked it, but you want to hear it again, why not go to moneypit.com and download our podcast? Then you can listen to us talk and talk and talk about any of your favorite subjects from closet organization to plumbing. You name it. It's all there and it's totally free. And you can get our entire library of Money Pit podcasts, and you can even search by topic. So visit MoneyPit.com today if you haven't already done so. Well, we have yet to choose a winner for this hour's prize, Leslie. It is the Eureka Uno Upright Vacuum, a $130 value. It can clean the treads and the rise on your stairs. It's got this cool little power paw attachment that will help keep your house clean, whether it's vertical or horizontal spaces. And it's available to you if you call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You must be willing to come on the air and ask your home improvement question. So call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Ray in Delaware, what's going on at your house? I bought a uh, granite countertop that's medium brown to dark brown, and there's one seam in it. And part of the seam, it's darkened on either side of it about six inches long, and it's just slightly darker. Okay. Ray, that, that's not just dirt, is it, that's in that seam, like a grout joint that gets dark? No, no, it's it's into the ground. Has it always been that way, Ray, or did it happen? Well, uh, they just it got installed, like, uh, July. And was it like that from the get-go, or did you guys put something on no, it? No, it was, no, never put anything on it. It happened, like, a month or five weeks later, we noticed it. Well, something uh, must have happened. Granite is very old. It's millions of years old, and it's not going to just turn that color all by itself. So something must have gotten in there, or perhaps it was like that, and you just didn't notice it, but it's not, it's, it's pretty much an inorganic product, so it's not going to change on its own. Well, it could be, Ray, that you guys perhaps clean the countertop with an inappropriate cleaning material, because sometimes if you use the wrong thing, it could cause discoloration. We really weren't even here because uh, I have another home we stay at, so the, the countertops, I mean, basically didn't even get used. Well, there's a company called Stone Care that makes a whole line of granite cleaners. You might want to try to clean that top with some uh, good professional cleaner and see if it takes any of that color out. But if it's a stain that's embedded down into it, um, then it's going to be very, very difficult for you to pull it back up. Sean in Montana is listening in on KGEZ. What's going on with your window? Well, I got these windows that flap open. You know what okay. I'm talking about? You put them on a the little crank dial thing, and they go, whoop, and they widen it right open. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, these are really crappy. They're like, they're so old. And I was just wondering how to reset them to where they close all the way. Is the wall moved at all so that they're kind of out of square? So I'm when the sure window actually has. pulls, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it has. Sure yeah, um, because that's the first thing. You know, there's not much flexibility in that. So when you close the window, you want to see if they're they're striking squarely all the way around. If they haven't, then they need to be adjusted, and that might be a matter of moving the hinges in or out. The second thing that often happens with that is the cranks strip, and replacing those is very very difficult because you can't find the parts. So having so said. Yeah, because it's so old, right. So having said that, the best option might be to put a replacement window in there, which uses the same opening, but basically changes everything in between. And those are really pretty much your only options. And what 
would that actually help me winterize out too? Oh, absolutely. Oh, because yeah. now you're going to have a seal. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because now you'll have a seal. Would I have to reseal the windows and everything too? Is that could that be another? Uh, well, if you want a short-term solution, I can give you another one, um, Sean, and that is a product called Seal and Peel. <laughs> Just, like, okay. fill it up with it. <laughs> yeah, right? Because what Seal and Peel is is the temporary caulk. And so if you close these windows and you're not going to open them in the winter and you have these gaps, you can basically caulk the gaps shut with Seal and Peel, and then in the spring you peel it right off and it doesn't hurt the window at all, and you can operate the window once again. That is really cool. <laughs> and where, where would I go to get that? Uh, you know what? It's made by, it's made by DAP. Uh, okay. And also, Red Devil has one as well. So look online at their websites. Um, I know if you go to a home center, they don't have it. They can order it for you. Mm -hmm. And I think you can even buy it through the DAP website. Oh, okay, cool. Thank you guys very much. And I Get love your guys' radio show. I listen to it every Sunday. Ah, thanks. thanks, Sean. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Now, that's a guy who could probably really use that replacement window, <laughs> but just likes the novelty of the seal and peel caulk. So that's he's like, right. I'm doing that. I like that idea. Yeah. Doing it. <laughs> right, Sean. Well, do you have a wet basement? Are you wondering where exactly is all that water coming from? We've got an emailer who's got that exact problem. So if you've got that too, you're not alone. And we're going to help her track down the source of this leak when we come back. You live in a money pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Ryobi, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. Ryobi Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, available 24-7, 365 at one 888 and at moneypit.com, where you can also send us an email question, and the email bag is rather full. All right, so I'm diving in. We've got one here from Darcy in Chicago, and she writes, My basement just flooded in the latest storm, but I can't figure out the source of the leak, and now we have a wet, moldy carpet. Gross. How do I dry it? How do I get rid of that moldy smell? And how do I find the source of the leak? Well, first, Darcy, get that carpet the heck out of there. I didn't agree with it before, but ever since we had our own flood in the basement, carpet is a bad idea down it's there. It's mold food, Get folks. it out. Right now, you're just letting that carpet sit there because you've got a humid environment down there. It's never going to dry out unless you get all that moisture out. So do yourself a favor and get that carpet out before you get sick. And then you can think about some other ideas. Laminate flooring is a great idea because you can practically put it in a swimming pool and it'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the answer is right in your question. You say my basement just flooded in the latest storm. Well, if your basement floods with storms, the reason is always the same. It has something to do with the grading and the drainage at the foundation perimeter. So check your gutter system. Make sure you have one. Make sure the downspouts are clean, free-flowing, extended, four, five, six, seven, eight feet away from that house. Run them underground through solid PVC pipe if you want a neat way to do it, Darcy. Also check the grading. Make sure the soil slopes away from the walls. And take a look at your neighbor. Some of those houses in Chicago are pretty close together. And if your neighbor's dumping water, well, you've got to sort of <laughs> negotiate a neighborly solution so that their water doesn't get dumped against Why your outside. Put them wall. together and direct them away to the street. Yeah, it's a fun neighborhood project. Manage your water outside your house so it doesn't flood <laughs> anybody's basement. That's the solution right there. Okay, we've got time for one more. Right, from, this is uh, from Sherry in Iowa who writes, we've just finished drywalling and texturing with a hopper gun on low setting. I'm ready to paint my walls, but do we need to prime or seal before we paint? 
How unusual somebody actually adding they texture. They put the texture on. We get questions Whoa. about how to take that off. Yes, you should prime. Uh, very good idea to always prime the surface first because that's going to absorb into the surface. It's going to give you a good surface for the new paint to stick, and it'll come out better and it'll last a lot longer. Yeah, and if it's in a bathroom for some reason, make sure you use an oil-based primer and then a latex top paint because it'll just stick so much more better. And if it's textured, you can use the big, thick rollers with the slits in it, and that works great. Yeah, and if it's not a soft texture, you know, like a popcorn ceiling, if it's something that's more rigid and permanent, you can go ahead and just use a thick nap roller. It'll do the same thing. All right, once again, it is time for Leslie's Last Word. And on today's edition, you've got some tips to help perk up the chrome around your house to get rid of those fingerprints and stuff. Yeah, and this tip is especially coming in handy because I feel terrible about a woman I ran into at a home center the other day. Yeah. I am installing currently all new brushed nickel hardware into our bathroom, and she was picking up all of this beautiful polished chrome, and she's like, I'm just into the shininess. And sort of snidely, I said to her, I was like, good luck keeping those fingerprints yeah. off. And then she said... Apparently you don't have children. I hadn't even thought of that. Oh, and you I, talked her right out of it? No, she already bought everything. It was already oh. done. She was getting a last towel bar. So this is for you. She had buyer's remorse right before she got out of the store. I know. Lady <laughs> in the home center, this is for you. If you are tired of the chrome in your house looking dull or covered with fingerprints, or perhaps you weren't expecting that that was going to be the case, you can easily bring back that shine with a paste of baking soda and water. Be sure to apply the paste with a soft cloth, let it dry, and then gently wipe it away, and that aluminum or that polished chrome is going to sparkle like new. I'm sorry, there is a fix. <laughs> one pit 888-666-3974. That number is available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If we are not in the studio, we will call you back the next time we are. Speaking of next times, on the next hour of the Money Pit next week, we're going to have some tips on a very common home improvement project that happens this time of year, every single year. You know, you hooked up those holiday lights last year. They worked fine, right? And then you take them out of the box and you hook them up again, and they don't work. Why is it uh, every year? Because it's that one bulb. It's the it's one, the bulb. one right. bulb. We're going to give you the step-by-step on how to diagnose those light strings that don't work so you can decorate your house in time for the holidays. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.